How do you get your mail? What bank do you use? Where do you pay your taxes? Which state is your driver's license in? Where do your kids go to school? All the questions we get about full-time RVing on this episode of RV Miles, the full-time special. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the RV Miles podcast, your home for news, reviews, travel guides, and so much more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and we are thrilled to have you here for episode six of the RV Miles podcast. If you want to find today's show notes, you can find them over at rvmiles.com slash episode six. You can also find RV Miles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, if you want to keep up with Jason and I and our travels with our three boys... You can find us at OurWanderingFamily.com, and we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Today is our full-time special. Special. We only made it to like six podcasts before we do a special. <laughs> we, we get a lot of questions about how we have chosen this life. Sorry. It's a moth. a moth. flying around. First off... Today's RV Miles podcast is coming to you live from our Chrysler town and country because we are back on the road and we're trying to figure out how to record a podcast and not wake up three sleeping children. So we're giving the old uh, minivan a go tonight and there's a big giant moth in here. It's just a bug. I know. Nature. Embrace it. I just don't want it flying around on me. So part of the full-time lifestyle... Is being out in nature a lot. <laughs> and that's great. I just don't want it in an enclosed space with me. So, but anyway, back to our special. I was saying, <laughs> we get a lot of questions about how we're able to do this, why we're able to do this, and what our story is. So we thought we'd sort of dive into that today a little bit and give some tips as to how to accomplish becoming a full-time RVer, if that's something you're interested in doing. Yeah, so we're going to do that. We're going to kind of deviate away from the normal news and some of the past things that we've done and just um, devote all of today to full-time traveling. But before we jump into our full-time special, if you haven't checked out our Facebook page, we have an awesome giveaway going around like going on right now with Wanderlust and you can win some totally free swag compliments of the awesome people over there Jody and everyone else over at Wanderlust all you have to do is go over to the Facebook page we have the giveaway info pinned to the top of the page there's some great pictures there of the National Park Junkies t-shirt the NPJ National Park Junkies oval decal because all the cool kids are doing an oval decal now. And then the Who Rag, which is also the National Park Junkies Who Rag. All you have to do is like the post and like the RV Miles Facebook page. And we'll pick a winner in a couple weeks. Yeah. So go do that now. Pause this, go do that, and then come back. (laughs) So we're coming to you from the south side of Chicago right now. We are back in Chicago. We we had an an interesting travel day getting here. We couple had... travel days. We did we split the drive up into two days coming from Kansas City to Chicago. Yeah, and that's about 550 miles and that's really way too much driving for us to be doing in one day inside Wanderbus. So 
we split it up into two days and it still felt really epic. And I'm not quite sure what's going on, but it does seem like our last couple major travel days have been really difficult. I don't know if it's because we've been stationary in one place for so well, long leading into the travel day. Anytime we stay with family, we end up bringing so much into the house and we yes. sleep in their bedrooms and we, we buy things. We buy things yes. that, that we can't put <laughs> into the bus. So it takes a long time for us to figure out getting back into the bus and yeah. and all that. But it was a hard couple like it was it was a hard couple travel days to get from Kansas City to Chicago. And just for us, you know, it kind of felt like we left on Sunday. Today is Tuesday. Well, our battery was dead when we went to leave that day. Battery. It poured rain as we were trying to load things up into the bus, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just kind of felt like, uh, personally for me, I just felt like I was working so hard and nothing, like the pile of stuff was not diminishing. And so we had set a very generous, I thought, goal of trying to leave at noon on Sunday, knowing that we had about a four-hour drive to our first stop, which was in Des Moines, Iowa. We did not leave Kansas City until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And that was still what I felt like <laughs> throwing stuff. Like, oh, just put it into this box and I'll, I'll sort through it when we stop, when we get back to Chicago. Our, our tow dolly lights weren't working, so I we, was rewiring yep. those. And that was kind of like a leftover thing from our trip to the Buffalo River over 4th of July. And you know what? That was on us, getting back into Kansas City and not dealing with that, like, right as we got back. We were just kind of so exhausted from sort of that rough travel time that I think we just kind of forgot everything that needed to be done. And then it was time to leave again. And it was sort of like, uh oh, we have a million things to do. So it was kind of a rough couple of days getting here. We were exhausted. We stayed at a nice Corps of Engineers campground overnight. We did. Well, the spot was really the nice. The spot was really nice. But paved, the, paved, pull through. It was a pit toilet. Yeah. Which, very, not a fan. <laughs> very dirty pit toilets with no sink in the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, and I feel like you're pretty generous, more generous than I am about bathroom conditions. Yeah. And when he came back into the bus, he was like, get me a new change of clothes. I just, like, he wanted to burn everything <laughs> that he had been wearing because the experience I'm surprised you went through with it but the experience was such that Jason (laughs) felt really really gross afterwards and so the spot was really nice and big and it was a pull through which you know I think we prefer and I think a lot of people prefer on on travel days yeah Yeah, because we didn't have to unhook the van um but it lacked in some of the the amenities that would have made it harder for us to stay longer. It was called Bob Shelter Campground. Bob Shelter Recreation Area. Area, and Army it was Corps really cool. Like it was next it, to Camp Dodge. It's and, in Des Moines. I, yeah, and the Iowa National Guard. If was you want there. to visit Des Moines, I think it's a it's a really good spot to mm-hmm. consider. And absolutely, I, we were kind of in one of the auxiliary campground areas. Yeah. There are three campgrounds and one's bigger and that one might have better amenities yeah, i'm not quite like sure we, picked, we didn't really have any time to explore no we pulled in at like uh 9 45 and the gates closed at 10 and then we were back out on the road by 9 30 and so we go to get back on the road and we discover that the front right blinker light is out and so here we're already looking at 
this is Monday, and we're already looking at this particular travel day being 330 miles, and we knew that that was going to be an epic day for us, like seven or eight hours. And now we had what essentially ended up being another 45 minutes tacked onto that because we had to go find the nearest Walmart, which wasn't too far away, but we had to take time to do that. And I remember just looking at you and being like, we cannot win this time. Like, I don't know what's going on, but we can't win. But I think we still tried to stay really positive. And, you know, only a few times did I feel like you and I maybe took our frustrations out on each other instead of like acknowledging that we were frustrated. We sort of filtered it into something the other person was doing. And, you know, I don't think like full-time travel or just RV travel in general is all filtered, beautiful Instagram pictures. I think sometimes it's gritty and difficult and it's challenging for the individuals in those spaces together. And, you know, we'll be honest and say, Monday was a bit of a challenge for our family. I think some people might think we're we sound a little crazy here that they they drive <laughs> ten hours a day and and that doesn't bother them at right. all. But a lot of full timers will tell you that 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 is rough and, and especially to do over and over and over. We try to limit ourselves to under three hundred miles. We really try to limit at, ourselves at to most. under two hundred. Yeah. I mean, like we do try to live we by the two 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 rule, but <laughs> we are slow travel. But also, you know. Wanderbus really only averages between 60 and 65 miles. Like, we don't, we're not flying like with the speed limit that's 70. As any RV should be driving Absolutely. around 60 to 65 miles an hour. Right. So, and then plus, you know, as everyone who travels knows, and especially when you travel with children, there's just stops involved and people need to get out and stretch their legs. And, you know, I'm sorry, but when you stop at that I-80 truck stop, you got to walk around like that thing is huge. And it is <laughs> it's, it's the world's largest truck stop. Like <laughs> Speaking of trucks, when we were driving, first of all, I-80 was real busy. Through I think it was Iowa. very busy, both there Sunday were, and Monday. And I was, I was counting the RVs that we were passing. I was mm-hmm. counting... To a mile at least. Oh, there are a lot of RVs on the road. But we had this, the one of the scariest experiences I've ever had yeah. involving semi-trucks. Where It's a six-lane highway just outside of Des Moines. And, you know, our side are three lanes. I was in the middle lane. And a semi comes barreling past us on the right really fast. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of being passed on the right, but it's... It's not. It happens. It happens. You know. It's not on a, on a when you've got three lanes. It's it's not the the biggest concern to me. But at that same time, that that semi was hitting an on ramp where another semi was coming, and that guy was trying to get out ahead of him, and he cut him off. So now you have these two semis that are angry at each other because one was going really fast in the right lane and then just got cut off by one coming from the entrance ramp into that right lane. And this is 65, 70 miles an hour. And so the one that was behind at this point threw his brights on and then he pretty much cut me off to go around him. He sped up, got around him, went in front of that, that other semi that had just merged on slammed on his brakes and put his flashers on. Yeah, and that's about the time that I 
got into this situation, like my eyes. And because when you hit the brakes, I was like, you know, you do that thing where you like brace yourself or you like put your arm around the other person. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then we kind of started watching this anger dance between these two unfold. And I just kept saying to you, slow down, slow down safely, but we need to put some major distance between us and these RVs or these semis because once the guy cut the other one off again and put his flashers on and and slowed way down, first off, he almost got plowed into. Yeah, well, he forced him, he forced the other guy off the road. He forced him onto the shoulder. So the guy that gets forced off onto the shoulder ends up passing the other semi on the right shoulder. Yes. Actually, I've never seen anything like that before. It was before. crazy. And he tried to trick the guy out too, making him think he was going to go to the exit ramp. Do you remember? Yeah. And at the last minute, maneuvered onto the shoulder and gunned it and then cut that guy off. And I've got a, another truck next to me to the left watching the whole thing along with us. He's yeah. trying to keep his distance too. And, you know, we're just watching these two semis playing chicken with each other in downtown Des Moines traffic at 65 miles an hour. It it was really terrifying. I've never seen anything like it. I've I've never never seen truckers behave that way. No. I mean, of course, they're they're mostly wonderful drivers and and really know what they're doing and play it safe. But these guys were not. (laughs) This was was one of the most dangerous, scariest cases of road rage and, like, continued road rage that I had ever ever seen because it didn't just stop with like you know one or two come back and forth to each other they continued this dance with each other for several several miles until we had put them far enough ahead of us that we actually couldn't see them anymore because that's how uncomfortable we were even being anywhere in their vicinity that just sort of was like the cherry that's how the, that's how the day went and then we get towards chicago and we know we're running late and we're going to have to set up camp and it starts raining really really hard so uh, hard that there were probably 20 vehicles pulled over on the yeah. shoulder to avoid the rain when we caught up to yeah. it I mean, we couldn't win. We said that. And, like, we get here to the campground, and we had booked a spot that we really liked because we had been here before in the fall. We're at Camp Sullivan. Camp Sullivan. It's a uh, Cook County Forest Preserve campground. And we really love it here, and it's um, great because it's a little bit accessible to the CTA Orange Line, which can help get us into the city without having to drive into the city. And we're here because Jason has work, and he needs to get into the city. So we're here, I go and I check in, and the lady's like, oh, by the way, we need to move you guys because your spot actually has a hornet's nest, and so does the one next to it. And it's like, what? (laughs) So we're like, okay, um, thanks for not letting us know. (laughs) But they moved us to a a really nice site, actually. Yeah, we didn't want We didn't want the sites on this side of the park because last year when we were here, they were all flooded. Yes. But now they have, they, they used to be gravel. They've paved them all and raised them up. Yeah. So, so the rain hasn't spot. seen an issue. It's a great spot. Yeah. We, we rarely, we're really closer like to the bathroom. So, and that's yeah. nice. So, um, we don't normally talk too much about like what our travel is. And we, you know, won't probably a lot in the future. But it was just really <laughs> worth noting that this time around, was difficult and you know it's not always 
Um, I guess, and I've already said this, it's not always like sunshine and rainbows and lollipops. Although we did see a, a beautiful, full, full rainbow. rainbow in Illinois. It was like it was welcoming. All the way welcome. across the sky. All the way. Too bad it wasn't a double rainbow, right? And so it was sort of like, welcome back to Chicago. And then it started dumping rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about the correct metaphor for life in Chicago. So we're here in Chicago for about uh, about 10 days or so. Yep. And then we're going to travel north. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm still trying to convince my crew, but I'm hoping we'll go up to Pepin, Wisconsin, the um, 8th, 9th, and 10th, because that is Laura Ingalls Wilder days in Pepin. And Pepin, Wisconsin is where Laura and her family lived during the book Little House in the Big Woods, Jason's face right now is is really pretty <laughs> epic. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the books, and the boys and I have been listening to them um, through Audible. And the amazing actor Cherry Jones reads the books, and she's just wonderful. So that's kind of our plan. If anyone's ever been, I would love pointers. Email me and, and like tell me what are the, the must-dos of the Laura Ingalls Wilder Festival in Pepin, Wisconsin. <laughs> Tomorrow's Abby's birthday, so that's going to be her birthday present. We'll go <laughs> to the Laura Ingalls Wilder I'm turning 38, festival. and you're taking me to the Laura Ingalls Wilder Festival. That's right. That sounds so appropriate. And I think it also sounds appropriate to take a break at this moment. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about full-time living. See you in a minute. Are you looking to rent an RV? Or perhaps you'd like to rent out your own and make a little money? Whatever your needs, RV Share has you covered. As the fastest growing peer-to-peer -peer online RV rental platform, RV Share is similar to Airbnb's concept of travel, but for RVs. Every rental booked through their secure payment system is backed by a $10,000 guarantee and includes 24-hour travel concierge and roadside assistance. With options across the country, there's an RV rental or renter out there for you. For more information, visit rvmiles.com slash rvshare and get started today. Welcome back. All right. Last week's brain teaser. Last week's brain teaser, which I said I was going to go actually do and feel invested in, and I didn't. Because obviously I was trying to get us out the door for Sunday at noon, which equated to Sunday at five. <laughs> I have I have a confession to make with this brain teaser. What? I read the wrong one last week and this was not the one I intended to read in the list of brain teasers I had. So I actually I this is a really bad brain teaser. So I uh. feel I feel bad about that. This is a real... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, the answer is... I, I don't know. Well, we're when invested hear, now, Jason. You have to go through with it. You're going to groan when you hear the answer a little bit. Because that'll uh, be different from any other week. <laughs> 30 friends were on a hiking trip when they decided to enjoy the bonfire. They assembled for it and agreed to play a game. For that, they divided themselves in five teams with seven members each, forming five rows. How did they how did they manage to achieve this formation? Well, of course, they got into a pentagon. Okay. Five great. Five sides of seven straight lines. <laughs> Jason, that's so bad. I know. I know. <laughs> You're really gonna have to redeem yourself this week. Well, this week I'm gonna read the one that I meant to read last week <laughs> okay. and it'll be a lot better. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, because that like last week, like that was a 
build up to this week, and then now it's like, <laughs> wah, wah. <I> know. <laughs> so anyway, we will have the uh, this week's brain teaser later on in the show. So uh, one thing we wanted to talk about, and we get this question a lot, especially recently as we've started this podcast, is just kind of like, who are you? <laughs> like, who are you guys? We would love to know a little bit more about you. So we thought we would just take a moment and kind of talk a little bit about who we are as full-timers and a little background about us and our kids. Um, so we have been on the road for almost a year. Actually, we have been on the road. This is today is our one year anniversary. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just realized that. So today's August 29th because we celebrated my birthday last year with our dear friends, the Rolls, at their place in Wisconsin doing some final things on Bussy because we had already moved out of the place on Argyle. So we are celebrating today a one year anniversary of being a location independent, a full time traveling family. And we do this with our three boys. They are soon to be 10 as of the 31st of this month. Jack will be 10. Ethan is seven and Henry is four. Traveling is always something that I think you and I can agree on has been a real big passion of ours. It was a passion before we had kids. And then I think it took us a few years into parenthood to like get back to that again. We started off as a tent camping family. One of our favorite camping trips was that trip to the Smoky Mountains. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of like ignited that flame again, like of how much we love to travel and really how much we love our national parks. So that was back in 2014. And in 2015, we had a couple of career changes come up that sort of kind of forced us to take a look at like, what do we want to do? Um, a little background is Jason and I both have degrees in theater. His is design-based as a lighting designer. Mine is performance-based. I have a musical theater degree. And so we have always worked in jobs that are sort of like freelance, build-your-own-schedule kind of jobs. We've never really had a very typical nine-to-five, go-to-the-office, come-home kind of no. lifestyle. And we we both have done and still do dozens of different things in, <laughs> yes. in, in theater. We're producers or managers, yes. designers, performers. And so back in 2015, we had an opportunity to decide whether or not we wanted to sort of become our own um, bosses, essentially. And so we did. We started a production company. And then from there, we rebooted a website in Chicago that talks about the Chicago performing arts scene. And it was a website that had been on hiatus for several years. And we approached the owner about taking over it and she was ecstatic and amazing yeah. and we took that over and launched it in March of 2016 and really kind of from there the and the website is called perform inc i n k and really i think from there that kind of allowed us to begin discussing really fully discussing a full-time life on the road because we were building sort of a base for ourselves, a foundation for ourselves that would allow us to be nomadic, but still run these businesses that were site specific, like performing. Yeah. At the same time, we were growing frustrated with the Chicago public school system. Yes. Our oldest child was, was in public schools 
and mm-hmm. and he has some some learning disability issues that yeah. weren't being taken care of very well in well, in think... the school system and we we started to decide that we wanted to homeschool and that that was going to be the right path forward for us. Yeah, and we were already homeschooling at that point. Like we had started homeschooling. Yeah, back, we had started back a, in, a little bit before yeah, that. Yeah, like we had started that back in um 2014. Right. So we were kind of already established with the homeschool routine, but we had never really considered the homeschool routine on the road. Right. Like we were established in Chicago with an amazing homeschool community in Chicago. Um, but then we started looking at road schooling and stumbled upon the full-time families that really kind of gave us, um, the support to be like, Hey, look at all the people out there with their kids that are doing this. Yeah. So, you know, we just kind of had all these like little pieces falling into place. And I think that they were seeds, you know, and maybe they were seeds that were growing that had been planted several years before, but it just took a few years to get to that place. And once we decided to convert a school bus to an RV, that really sort of like cemented, like, this is what we want to do. And because I think for anyone, um, I think a lot of people can relate to this, like the housing market in Chicago is just almost like out of control. Like rent has skyrocketed and we were just feeling like, what we would have to pay to have, you know, a thousand square feet of face space for a family of five was ridiculous. Well, and that was one of the biggest catalysts yeah. is, is our rent was going up. Our, well, they were trying to raise our rent yeah. by $400 a month. Which was crazy. We were living in a three bedroom, one bath, like thousand square foot condo, second floor walk up with no dishwasher, no in-unit laundry, like real, like the bare bones minimum of the place. And it wasn't like, it wasn't run down, but it was not, you know, a beautiful brownstone either. No. And it wasn't in the greatest neighborhood, not terrible no, neighborhood, we were, but not, not the greatest. It, it, yeah. It, there were a lot of factors that went into yeah. it with Chicago and, you know, we love Chicago. It is our home, but we also felt really suffocated by Chicago. We felt suffocated as citizens. We felt suffocated as artists we felt i think suffocated a little bit too by the public school system and the the government within the city and the violence and the discord and we needed to get out for a while and this sort of life offered us the opportunity to do that it was really the last piece of the puzzle so a year ago we went on the road full time and it has been a challenge in some respects. It certainly has asked us to kind of re-examine some of the way we communicate and work together. And it has been a real challenge to, you know, to keep our businesses going and, you know, be responsible for it's not all like trips to the national park every day and hikes every day and amazing experiences in all these new cities. Sometimes like today, it's sitting in a Starbucks for three or four hours trying to get work done because you have a deadline while you are in a theater putting a show together and I'm in the Starbucks with three kids who I just had to accept were going to stare at devices for several hours because I had to work. Yeah, and I think that's really the first major lesson that anybody that goes full-time learns is that it's not, it's it's wonderful, it's oh, yeah. great, it's enjoyable, I... but it is not full-time vacation living. 
But if it is for you, hooray well, for, for you. You've done something to get yourself to that place in life. If you can that's afford it, yeah. Awesome. But if you, if you're a working family that that is paying your bills, a digital nomad, <laughs> you you can't just you can't just act like you know when you're on vacation you go you eat yeah. out all the time and you don't really think about you're going to spend money on an amusement park when you arrive in a town. When you go to a national yeah. park, you're going to take all the tours that you can pay for. You're, you're a little looser with your money and your time when you're on vacation. And that's, that's hard to do. We still get to do all those things, mm-hmm. but when we go to an area, we might spend a month there instead of a week there. Yeah. Our, our vacation mentality gets spread out over several weeks as opposed to like how much can we get done in three days because I have to be back at work on Monday. So it is, you know, again, we are, I do think we both feel very blessed that we have been able to take on this experience and take on this experience with our kids. But we also recognize at times that it is challenging. You know, we had always talked about doing this later in our lives when our kids were grown and they had kind of established their own life. And one day we also just kind of thought, well, we can't wait to do that. No, and We've already talked about how we're going to downsize to a teeny tiny little trailer, but like we want to do this with them. Right. How can we give our children who each in their own way, we think has maybe some kind of special, unique learning challenge or emotional, big emotional challenges, how can we give them an educational experience that reaches them in a way that will impact their lives and help them navigate their world based on who they have been born, the body that they have been born into. And this sort of like on the road lifestyle allows us to give them that in their face, up close, we can touch it, we can see it, we can feel it sort of education which, um, again, we say we're very, we feel very blessed to be able to do. Yeah, and it's it it's a different educational mentality where people that are doing this, the people that are road schooling, a lot of them are. I mean, it's an experiment. You know, every day we're figuring out what what yeah. our child's needs are, and I think more and more people are coming around to this, and we'll. We'll probably spend more time on road schooling on another episode. Yeah, maybe we don't really that's another podcast. To get into it. Suffice it to say that our choice of this lifestyle is meant to provide an edu- educational experience. experience for our kids. Mm-hmm. That is definitely one of the driving factors. But I also think, too, that it fulfills a need that you and I have, which is that need to travel and that need mm-hmm. to experience parts of this country that we have never seen. And I hope someday as a family to experience parts of the world that we have never seen. I have hopes that in three or four years, we could put Bessie in storage for a while and whatever everyone can carry on their backs (laughs) or catch the first flight to Europe. (laughs) And we're going to spend some time over there. That is a goal, a personal goal I have for our family. So I think maybe that's enough about us. Like, that's just a real small little snapshot of who we are, I think. Yes. Unless there's something else you want to... No, so if, if you have questions, we, we, we talk to people all the time about why we're doing this, how we make it happen, and, you know, a lot of people that really want to do it but can't really... Are stuck in their lifestyle or don't don't know the way to make it happen for them. Yeah, we'd love to talk to anybody that that might be interested in having that conversation. 
because somebody talked to us two years ago, a year and a half ago, when we were trying to make those decisions. And that's just what you do. You have to pay this forward. Whatever small bit of knowledge we have, we can share this with someone else who is feeling insecure or unsure or thinking this is impossible. And those are all thoughts that we had in the very beginning. And then through discussion and education and and experience, we realized, no, this is not impossible. This is possible. And not only is it possible, it can be wondrous. And I think that it has been for us. So we'll end on that little joyous. So when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the practicalities of how you become a full-timer. And answer a lot of the questions that people throw throw out at us. (laughs) Yeah, we'll answer them here. So we will be back in just a second, you guys. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We'd like to just punch through a bunch of different items that we get asked about a lot. Yes. Uh, about being a full-timer. And that we asked a lot yeah. in the beginning. Many of these things are things that we're going to cover m- more in depth through articles on RV Miles and through other podcast episodes. Yeah, but- and we'll link to everything that we talk about here that would have a link in the show notes. So you can go and check that out too. So the number one question we get asked is how do you get your mail? That's a big one. We get asked that a lot. It is. So uh, we use a service called Traveling Mailbox. And there are many different other mailing services like this. What Traveling Mailbox does is they take all of our mail and they scan the envelope in when it arrives to them. Mm -hmm. And then we can go online and we can see it. And if we, we want it, we click on it and they can open it and scan it. Or they can mail it to us in a package and you have to pay extra to have extra. them mail it to you wherever you are in the country at that time. We rarely have to have anybody anything mailed to us unless it's a check or something. Yeah, I mean, at this point we are set up and most everyone's financial like bill paying life can happen online now there is hardly any reason i can think of out of maybe a couple of payments that have to be conducted through the mail and so a lot of times now the mail that we do get is stuff even if it is a bill we pay it online anyway yeah you know so but it's still nice to have this service it's still nice to get the reminder like hey it's time to get your driver's license my only biggest complaint about this particular service is the length of time it does take for a package to reach us. Now that's something to bear in mind. It might be different with other services, but their standard shipping fee, they say can take five to seven business days, which that can equate to a week and a half. So sometimes you may have to be like, I'm going to be at this particular place in a week and a half. So I'm going to have to have it sent there. But there have been times where I think we had one or two packages, and thankfully we were staying a long time at a particular place, take a little bit longer than that. And that was frustrating. So again, it's another one of those things where we need to have an address, but we also try to conduct as much of our business online as possible. So as you're looking into this, just kind of bear in mind that that could be a little bit a little bit of an annoyance. We, we, may, we maybe get a package sent to us once a month 
from them. Maybe. I think if that was, yeah, we've been reducing not it. Not even that. I think we've had this service now for a year and maybe we've had three packages. You can even set up, before. and we haven't done this, but we could pay a little extra. They'll even do check deposits for you. Yeah. So they'll open up a check and they'll, they'll deposit it for yep. you in your bank. And you can pay more than their standard fee yeah. to have something overnighted to you. And we have done that once before. But that also gets expensive on top of what you're already paying for the monthly service. So if your mail is something that you feel like you're physically going to need on a regular basis, just kind of be mindful as you're looking at the options that are out there, like what they their costs are to ship and what they're telling you their standard like business or days yeah. are. This certainly isn't the only method for getting your mail. Some people, a lot of people oh. use a relative. Yeah. Have a relative open stuff to them, take pictures of it, send it off to them. Yeah. If you've got mail. a relative who is wants to do that for you go for it like save yourself the money and have buy that relative like get that relative a starbucks card (laughs) some people use a p.o box or ups store which Mm -hmm. i don't recommend and i'll tell you why now um the other question we get a lot is what is your address Yes. And the answer is our address is the address of our mailing service. Yeah, because we that gets tacked on to how do you pay your taxes. Right. Yeah, there so you and or how do you get your driver's license? Where is your driver's where right. is your car registered? That it's all based on your address. And you do have to have an address. Yeah, and so we're our address is through this service. We have an address in Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So our driver's license, our taxes, the car, all of that stuff is registered in Illinois. Yeah. We are it, citizens of the state of Illinois. So that makes us a citizen. That yeah. Illinois is our domicile state. Yes. And that's a really important concept for full-timers to understand, is that you have an address in a state that you live in that is your chosen domicile state. And again, that could be a relative's address. It could. You totally could do that. And it could be a state that you're not in very much, if at all. Maybe it's just now and then every five years to renew your driver's license or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. So when RVers choose a domicile state, like we said, we're in Illinois. Illinois is a rare domicile state <laughs> for people rare. to choose. Because we're already thinking about getting out of it. We're, 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 <laughs> we're planning on, on changing our domicile state. We're coming the, for you, Texas. Part of the reason we're here is, <laughs> is because of our businesses. Yes. Um, but it makes a lot of sense, especially for people who are earning an income, to choose a domicile state that doesn't have any state income taxes. So that's sort of the first step. And figuring out which state you're going to choose. And there's seven seven states that don't have income taxes. Do you know all seven off the top of your head? No, I know <laughs> four or five. I'm um, surprised. I think Florida, Texas. South Dakota. South Dakota, Nevada, Delaware, I think are the ones I know. That's five. I think okay. there's two more. Anyway, so you, you want a state that, that doesn't have income taxes. And then you want a state that is friendly for becoming a domicile resident of. Some states have rules regarding how long you're supposed to be there. They have rules about how you can prove your residency. Sometimes you have to show utility bills and things like that. Three states that people constantly choose because they are very RVer friendly are Florida, Texas, and South Dakota. So many Right. They might, there are, I mean, Florida, (laughs) RV hotspot. Right. Like, let's all go snowbirds to Florida. Yeah. So. South Dakota is a little weird. Yeah, that's a really interesting one to me, but I still think it's kind of yeah. cool. I mean, we are certainly tossing around making a switch ourselves. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that that's a really good point that you bring up is that we have run into a couple of situations with this traveling mailbox with our address in some things that we've needed to do where they have not been like RV friendly. And you should know that these three states are just because they're so popular with RVers, they are just full of mail services that that cater to RVers, particularly uh, escapees in Texas. They will deal with your vehicle registration for you. They'll do a lot of stuff for you that you don't have to do. You yeah. know, that you would have to travel down there to get. There are quirks between the three of them. Florida re- insurance rates are high. It's it, We're te- not super crazy about the homeschool laws in Florida, so that's kind of Texas why Texas has we, the best homeschool laws. They essentially have no, no homeschool, homeschool laws. laws. And that's just something we prefer. We are not... Like with Florida, you have to register and you have to... Uh, once a year, you have to have the, the child tested. And a lot of people do it, and it's fine. Absolutely, and there's a lot yeah. of ways to kind of... We've met some um, Florida homeschoolers that have been like, oh, no, listen, this is actually what you need yeah. to do. But I think for us, our personal choice, and everyone's homeschool choice is their own personal choice. Just for us, we prefer a state where we are free to do as we see fit with the education of our children. Right. Texas has a little quirk where you have to have your vehicle inspected every year. Mm -hmm. But what's nice about that is you don't have to have it inspected until you enter the state. So if you're spending more than a year outside of the state, once you enter back into Texas, you have three days to have it inspected again. Yeah, so just something to keep in mind. Google domicile state for RVers and you'll come up with lots of great articles that explain a lot of this stuff. And I think that that in a way kind of hit on we had homeschooling kind of next on this list. And I think we kind of just touched on that a little bit when we were talking about domicile states. Yeah. Like, so you're you're when you travel to a state, you have to follow the laws of that state. But if you stay if you stay a resident of a certain state, you can follow their homeschool laws. Mm-hmm. But they do. The homeschool legal defense fund does recommend that you don't spend more than 30 days at a time in another state. Because you might run into issues then of having to comply with that state's laws. Yeah. It's a very gray area of the law. But, you know, if, if you start having a three-month monthly stay at a park in a state that's not your home state, you know, you could deal with issues of being somebody reporting you and you having to... Yeah, and so maybe if you are going to take that kind of extended stay in a particular state, maybe check out, and you are homeschooling, check out their homeschool laws and kind of see what they are. And maybe if it's just that they want you to keep a log or a journal, uh, dedicated records or something, maybe that's something you do for that three months. And And there are people that travel around and they they have to spend a certain amount of time for a job somewhere. Mm -hmm. And they they do. They'll register with schools in that state. Yeah. So that's just something, you know, to keep in mind. But, you know, there are a lot of, with these domicile states, make sure if you're a homeschooling family that you add that to the checklist of things that you look into. What are the homeschool laws in this particular state we're looking to become RV citizens of? So what's, oh, you have banking next on the list, it looks like. Banking is a real common question. I see it in a lot of the groups on Facebook. Yeah, it really is. And really all you need to know about banking is to have a bank that has a good online banking setup. We're with Bank of America, big national chain. There are other big big national chains, but I have to tell you that none of them are in all 50 states. All of the the three big ones, Bank of America, Chase, and Wells Fargo, have they each have at least 10 states that they're not in. 
So you can't expect to have a bank in every state that you're going to go to. We do like the ability to go into a branch every now and then. We don't have to often, but we do have a business, so that becomes important sometimes. And I will say there was one time a long time ago where I lost my wallet. This was before you. And, (laughs) And Of course it was. And, well, I had to... I had to walk into, uh, I had to figure out what to do and I needed money to get home. So I walked into a bank of America and they were able to verify my identity by asking me some questions and give me some cash. And I think that could be a lifesaver on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when we started our full-time travel, we were with a Chicago-based bank with our personal checking. We were with Byline Bank. I had Loved that bank and been with that bank for 15 years. But once we got on the road, it became really difficult to deal with the hometown bank because its system wasn't... We had our business at Bank of America, but we had our personal at Byline. Yeah. And it just became really obvious really fast as to like which checking account, which banking account was really going to work for us on the bells and the whistles. Has a nice app that you can take photos of the checks and all that sort of stuff. And the online register is updated immediately. That stuff becomes really important. Yeah. And so take a look at your banking. If you feel really passionate about staying with your hometown bank, just kind of take a look at what it would be like. Maybe even stop in and talk to them and say, listen, I'm going to be traveling around full time. Like, because sometimes what has ha- had happened to us is that they flagged our card because we had gone, we had been in one state a few days prior and then we were in another state yeah. and they flagged the card and they wouldn't let us use it. And that happened a lot. So it's worth it to go and talk to your hometown bank if you want to stay with them and Maybe perhaps they can put something on your account that you're not going to have to deal with this because they will flag it in a heartbeat, especially if you're bouncing all around city to city, state to state. So, you know, something to think about. The one thing I want to add is a lot of people take a lot of stock into ATM fees when they choose their bank. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is just the least important thing. We use an ATM we probably it's still used aggravating, one. though, it, annoying it is, to but, pay four dollars to get my money. But we don't. I mean, we've maybe used an ATM twice I know, this we year. Don't use ATMs. And if you need cash, go to Walgreens, buy a pack of gum, and get cash back. <laughs> you know, I, it, yeah. it's really simple. There, there, you don't need cash for a lot of different things. But when you do it, some people like to have cash on hand. Of course, just go get cash back at a grocery store. Yeah. yeah. So next we have internet. Internet. We're gonna have a. Real in-depth discussion yeah, of let's later just on. Give the basic. But the basic thing is cellular internet is the only way to go. Yeah, for sure. You have to have either hotspot with your phone or or a jetpack type personal Wi-Fi hotspot device that operates through cellular internet. There are some plans that you can get unlimited through eBay through some shady kind of. Yeah, stay away from those practices. That, stay away. I mean, people have, they've worked for a lot of people, but their Verizon particularly is starting to pull back on, on allowing a lot of those. Yeah. So we use a, the regular Verizon Unlimited plans, and the amount of tethering works for us. We often go to Starbucks or McDonald's and get some work done at those places. The big thing about internet is you can't just expect that you're going to sit on, you're going to be able to use Netflix streaming all the time. 
no, you're not going to be able you're, to. You're that's, just not. But thankfully, they have that download option yeah. now for offline viewing. So, you know, just right. make sure you, you set yourself You'll be up. able to do it on your phones a lot, <laughs> yeah. just not your TVs. Or yeah. if you can hook your phone up to your TV, you can do that. But people want to, you know, they want to stream on their computers and stuff. And it, that's really hard to do. Yeah, no Google Fiber at the campground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll also say that it, campground internet... Is the worst. almost worthless. And <laughs> the worst. You, you get to the point where you just ignore the fact that they have internet. Yes. You just don't even care because it, it they just can't cover the amount of bandwidth that people want. So the last thing we wanted to talk about is the cost of going full time. We often get asked what it costs us to be out on the road. And there are people that think that we are super rich because we're able to do this. And oh, there are no. people that think we are hobos <laughs> because we live in a school bus. And nobody really thinks that full-time RVers are just normal people, which most We're of them are. We're just middle class folk. <laughs> <laughs> the cost of going full-time is, is kind of what you make of it. You can spend as much as you want to or as little as you want to. If you want to camp at RV resorts that are $50, $60, $70 a night, you can do that. More power to you. You can go pay weekly rates for for a lot cheaper campground fees. You can pay monthly rates if you want to spend a lot of time somewhere. A lot of the money you're going to spend is in fuel. So the more you travel, the more you spend. So a lot of full-time RVers do go get a monthly rate somewhere and then they move on the next month and yeah. so on and so forth. But a lot of people end up spending what they spent in their life beforehand. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I well, on the flip side though, I'm not quite sure that that's where we're at. I think we no, spend a little bit we're, less. We're, we spend a, I think I think this is what happens to any full-time new full-time RVer. They start out by spending the same as they were spending before, and then they gradually start to figure out the ways. Well, yeah, that you they learn the tools spend. of the trade. You learn, you learn the tricks. You learn how to boondock. Yep. You you do lots of things like that 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 help the the process. Yeah. The people that only spend a hundred dollars a month on campgrounds are like my heroes. Yeah. They're who I want to be when I grow up. So one of the biggest things is owning an RV and the debt that you might incur in doing that. Hopefully, you're able to buy an RV outright, and you don't have any monthly payments. But that's not a reality for everyone. So you have to consider what your monthly payments are going to be on your RV. And it's super important, and a lot of full-timers have said this over and over, put down as much as you can on that RV, because RVs depreciate so quickly. And Well, it's like you drive it off the lot, and then all of a sudden it's only worth like 50% of what you just paid for it. And you, you just... you're your monthly payments need to be as low as possible so that when at some point you you want to trade up that you can take over the rest of that loan. So one of the other things we already talked about was that it, it's not always like being on vacation all the time and that you have to... The scenery certainly feels like being on vacation, but yes. what happens inside you the day-to-day life? You can't spend like you're on vacation yeah. if you're on a budget or if you are working to make your money. You know, the other thing is, it is again, is figuring out how you're going to make money on the road if you need to do that. There are various number of ways. We work online. Uh, some people... Yeah, some people have trades that, like, they can take from place to place. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen... Traveling nurses. Traveling nurses. I've seen traveling physical therapists. Pipeline I've... workers. Pipeline workers. Um, we've also seen electricians. Mm-hmm. We have seen, um, like, crafters, like, wood crafters. Is that even the proper term? Carpenters. Wood... Carpenters. 
crafters, wood crafters, sorry, carpenters. RV technicians. Obviously, yep. you know, everyone's RV is falling apart. So there's yeah. a lot of people that just, that, yeah. you know, you can, you can make a good living. There's a recall that went out this week. So if you haven't seen it, it's over on RV Miles. Yes, check, check it out, it. please. This one, we talked about a recall last week. This one's a little more serious. involves propane lines. Yeah, so go find it. I'll link to it in the show notes. But please go find it if you are driving around in a Class A. Um, and then a, a, a big thing is a lot of people work camp, which yep, usually that's... means you're not making any money, but you're getting your site it's for awesome. free yeah. by helping check people in, yeah. cleaning out fire pits and stuff like that. Some of some work camping jobs are more involved. Some are 40 hours a week. You're cleaning bathrooms. You're mm-hmm. you're doing a lot and, and you get a little money on top of your free site. Yeah. So that just yeah. goes back to the whole point of what we said earlier is that this life is absolutely doable. If it's something that you desire, like there are a lot of ways that you can make it work. We have found the niche that works for us. You just need to find the one that works for you. So those are just some tidbits about starting full-time life for you to sort of think about and look into. We'll dive into those topics a little bit more. Yeah. This won't be the first time we talk about Internet. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, not at Especially all. Especially because that landscape is constantly changing. Yeah, it really is. But as it is now time to get to the end of this week's podcast, which means what everyone has been waiting for, bated breath, is this week's brain teaser. Speaking of bated breath, it's getting breathy in this in this <laughs> In this van right now. <laughs> I know. We got to get out sooner. People are going to think we're up to something in here. <laughs> but I think it's kind of working. I think this will end up being the new home of the RV Miles got, podcast. Like, nice to acoustic paneling, <laughs> you know, on the ceiling. This is perfect. Oh, man. We are so glamorous. <laughs> All right, Jason, give us this week's brain teaser. All right, here we go. Sam and Angela were on a camping trip. Good for them. When making dinner, they discovered that neither of them had brought a clock or a watch. Dinner required cooking for 45 minutes. All Sam could dig up was a couple of mosquito coils that would each burn for one hour. They didn't have any method to measure the coils in any way. Angela figured out a way to measure 45 minutes using the two coils and fight off mosquitoes at the same time. How did she accomplish this task? Wait, so together the two coils equaled an hour? Well, no, they have, there were one hour, there are two mosquito coils. Uh-huh. Each of them could burn for an hour long. Okay. So she's using the two mosquito coils to measure 45 minutes without measuring the coil. How did she do it? Well, she just burned until there was a quarter left of the mosquito coil. She can't measure a quarter. But you can visually see it. No, because it's a coil. You can't visually see a quarter on a coil. What? You need, this needed to be, this was primo, like, this was like souffle baking time. Needed to be exactly, exactly 45 minutes, nothing This is angering me because we have had mosquito coils that were, like, big. And I could totally take a look at that and break that up into like four and know that as But it, it burns in a circle, it doesn't that, burn at a quarter at a time. Still, you know what? These two shouldn't be camping. <laughs> if you need to bake a souffle while you're camping, you don't get to go camping. Done. <laughs> I'm going to buy a coil this week. I'm going to figure this out. You need two coils to figure it out. I may only need one. And those things don't work anymore. And I'm going to make a souffle this week too. 
<laughs> if you think you know the answer, would you please email us at editor at rvmiles.com and we'll be happy to mention your name on next week's show. Yep. That is going to do it for us this week. Please, as a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast, and we hope that you are, if you would please just leave us a little review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or the 4,000 other places you can find us, that if would you, really help us just get in this podcast in front of more people. If you have feedback, you want to tell us what we're doing wrong, don't leave that in a review. <laughs> Send that to us in an email. At editor at rvmiles.com. We would love a review. We would love it if you would subscribe. But we just... Thank you so much for being here and again for welcome, welcoming us into your home and into, again, this podcast community. It has been awesome. So you guys keep logging those RV miles and we will see you next week.